<clears throat> All right, everybody, I'm back. So instead of putting out a brand new episode, I'm just going to give you my my instant reaction thoughts to Mr. Buck Showalter getting the job. And <laughs> I uh, let's just get right into it. Steve Cohen tweeted an hour after my podcast was published that the New York Mets have hired Buck Showalter to be their manager. And yes, this is a big move. Uh, this is the right move. It was a three-year deal. I get into my... In, in this episode, I get into why I think Buck Showalter was the right person for the job. And guess what, folks? Yes, I still have my cold. So, um, it's going to be like this for a little bit. So... This is just the right move. They signed him to a three-year deal. He has the most experience out of all the managerial candidates. I think he has the second most managerial experience in Mets history, which is good. And I get into this during, like, why I think the Mets should have announced Buck Showalter weeks ago. To me, who else could you pick? Joe Espada, the Tampa Bay Rays bench coach? Those guys one day will be managers. But they... But they can't be the manager of this Mets team because the Mets need an experienced manager. That's what the Mets needed. They didn't need someone that was learning on the job, that never managed a clubhouse before, etc., etc. I mean, I can go on and on and on about it. So for me, this is the right move. It makes the Met the Mets have made all the right moves this offseason. Buck Showalter also changes the culture. Uh, Matt Scherzer got his guy. And I'm excited to see what he does. I'm excited to know that the manager knows more than me. Because over the past few years, especially with Mickey Calloway, and, you know, I thought about it with Luis Rojas, was they don't know what they're doing. They're, like, gone. So what I mean by gone is I know more than them. And there are points I, I, I know there were just points when they would make in-game decisions that you would just be boggled the mind. They go the complete opposite direction. And having a manager, I know people say, well, it's not that big of a deal. It's a make-or-break thing, in my opinion. The manager makes the right decisions. So for me, Buck Showalter just checks off all the categories. He's managed in New York before. Uh, I get into this during the episode that he really should have managed the diamond the dynasty teams for the Yankees. He got offered the job back because George Steinbrenner got cold feet when it came to hiring Joe Torre after one press conference, but Buck Showalter graciously uh declined. And to me, this just makes the most sense in the world. I understand there are going to be his haters, and there always are going to be haters, saying that he's a 500 manager, blah, 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 blah. First off, everywhere he's went, he's been a manager. He has turned the team into good teams. Texas, Baltimore, Arizona, the Yankees. You got to remember, this was pre-Dynasty Yankees. He got this team before the Yank when Derek G. Was Derek G. even? No. I'm trying to even think. Was Derek G. on the team in 1995? I'm not a Yankees fan, so don't quote me on Derek Jeter. But you had a young Mariano Rivera. You had a young Derek Jeter. You had a young Pettit. And he taught these guys how to win. 
And yes, George Steinbrenner did spend, so it's not all Buck Showalter, but he had something to do with it. He laid the foundation. Baltimore. I mean, the the owner doesn't invest in his team, and yet the Mets, the, not the Mets, the Orioles still were competitive every year. So, except the last one, of course. So overall, I think Buck Showalter is the perfect choice for the job. Now let's see what he builds. He has a great pitching coach. Now he has to get a good hitting coach in here and a good rest of a coaching staff. I mean, third base coach, first base coach. And I want to address one last thing. For everyone that wants an analytical-driven manager, why? I think I even said this in my podcast. It just doesn't work. I, I mean, unless you're the, you're the Tampa Bay Rays organization, it just doesn't work. I mean... And I don't want to hear, well, well, Alex Cora is an analytical manager. No, he's not. Alex Cora bases his decisions off analytics. But he doesn't. He also runs his team on his gut, which is how you're supposed to run a team. You're supposed to look at the analytics, but also have a gut feeling. And have basically a gut feeling is for the people that don't know what a gut feeling is, is have a feel for the game. That's what you're supposed to have. And that's what Buck Showalter brings to the table. So... While these other guys don't probably wouldn't have that, and they would have to collaborate, meaning the front office would tell them what to do, you know Buck Showalter is going to make his call. He's going to take all the information in, which a manager should do, but ultimately he's going to make his decision and he's not going to back down from it. And finally, and most importantly, he knows how to deal with the media, which is something the last two managers did not know how to do correctly. So... That's it. It's a great offseason so far for the New York Mets. Uh, let's get into well, the old news, I guess. Uh, coming up, you're going to hear from this week's sponsor, Anchor. Uh, and then you're going to get some really old news. Uh, you're going to get my thought. I'm just going to leave it in. And uh, that's it. I just wish this news was announced before I put out this podcast. That I, But it is what it is. Stay safe. Have a good one. Thank you, Steve Cohen. You've made all the right decisions so far this offseason. Billy Epler, Sandy Alderson, you have a thumbs up from me. And let's go Mets. And welcome back to New York, Buck Showalter. By the way, he was a Seinfeld star on an episode of Seinfeld. Just just thought I'd throw that out there. Stay safe, folks. Have a good one. All right, everybody, welcome back. You just heard from this week's sponsor, Anchor. And, uh, again, I apologize for the congestion. Uh, again, if you skipped the beginning of the episode, I have a cold. So let's get right into it. Uh, the New York Mets managerial search is down to three people. The Tampa Bay Rays bench coach, Joe Espado, Espada, uh, excuse me, it's Espada, and Mr. Buck Showalter, and to me, only one man can get this job. His name is Buck Showalter. If you don't think Buck Showalter, Buck Showalter doesn't deserve this job, I don't know, number one, what you've been watching over the past few years, and number two, you're just wrong. This is one instance where I do not understand the other person's opinion. Everyone knows that this is Buck Showalter's job. Is Buck Showalter my first choice? No, it was Bruce Bochy. But if they're not going to give the job to Bruce Bochy, they might as well give the job, quite frankly, to Buck Showalter because he's the most qualified candidate. You need, you can't have a first-time manager. You just can't. And I, and if anyone disagrees with me on this issue, again, I hope that they go with Buck. But 
you're wrong. If you don't like Buck Showalter, why don't you like him? It is like, to me, for once, again, it makes no sense. Buck Showalter is the perfect man for this job for a multitude of reasons. Number one, he's managed in New York before. Everywhere he's went, and this is number two, he's produced winning teams. And I don't want to hear, well, he hasn't won the World Series. Well, not every manager there, not every good manager wins a World Series. And also, he got fired prematurely from his job with the Yankees, and George Steinbrenner almost hired him back. If Buck Showalter wasn't such a classy individual, Buck Showalter would have been back because uh, Mr. Steinbrenner, George Steinbrenner, didn't like Joe Torre's opening press conference and didn't like the press he was getting. So, to me, the, the choice is obvious. It, it's Buck Showalter. And if the Mets don't get it, I, I actually told my dad this last night. If, if the Mets don't get the job, if, if 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 Buck doesn't get the job, the Mets don't give the job to Buck Showalter. I I'm happy I'm on winter break because I'm I'm very interested to see. By the way, my winter break started today. Did very well on my finals. That's another reason why a podcast didn't happen till Saturday. Not only am I getting over a cold, I had to do a lot of finals, final projects. Did great on all of them. Just in case you're curious. But anyway, back to my point. I'd be very interested to see what the reason was why Buck Showalter didn't get the job. Because to me, to me, he's the perfect candidate if it's not Bruce Bochy. And I, you know, Bruce Bochy, they didn't want to interview him. I don't know why. Buck Showalter is open to working with the front office to make collaborative decisions. And the only reason why the guy from the Tampa Bay Rays and uh, Joe Espada is even getting looks right now is because I think there's more of a divide in the Met front office than we think. I think there are people, the analytical department, that want control. I really do. So, to me, listen, the choice has never been clear. Everyone's interviewed. I know the Tampa Bay Rays bench coach, who, and I'm going to get his name here, folks. I'm sorry I'm blanking. Hold on one second. Let me get his name here. There, um, Matt Quarto, Quarto, hopefully, I'll, I'll, I'll learn how to pronounce that last name very hard, In reported by John Heyman, reportedly impressed the Mets front office and there is a divide in the Mets front office. To me, I, I, I don't get it. He's coming from Tampa, so that means he's very analytical. And I know Steve Cohen has really beefed up the analytics department, and I'm all right with that. But to me, these analytical managers, unless you're from the Tampa Bay Rays, haven't had success. I mean, let's be honest. Alex Cora uses analytics, but he makes the final call. You know that. You know Alex Cora in game, <coughs> excuse me, makes the final call. And listen, it, to me, Buck Showalter has to be the choice. Like I could list out all the reasons why I think Buck Showalter is the choice. The clubhouse culture is broken. I don't think Joe Espado, and we'll get into him in a minute. Espado, excuse me. I don't know why I keep saying the other thing would be the right choice for the job. I, I just don't. I think Buck Showalter, you need someone in this role with experience. You have a lot of head cases in this clubhouse. 
if you really want to change the culture, to me, Buck Showalter is the job. Now, let's get in to Joe Espada. And uh, I think Quato, Matt, I'll just call him Matt for now, from the Tampa Bay Rays, the bench coach, I don't want him to get the job. I think he'd be too analytical. I don't know. But listen, let me just say this off the bat. It Just because Buck Showalter just doesn't get the job, I'm still going to support whoever the manager is. I'm not going to be a fan that open, openly criticizes the manager just because it wasn't my pick. So let me just say that right now. Whoever gets the job, will I be upset for like a day? Not upset. Will I be a little confused for a day why Buck Showalter didn't get the job? Of course I am. But that does not... As soon as... When push comes to shove, and as soon as you have to think about it... All I want is for the Mets to be competitive. And if Billy Epler and Sandy and Steve think that this guy is the right man for the job, while I might have very strong disagreements with all of them, I'll support them. Whoever that is. Whether it's Joe Espada or the Tampa Bay Rays bench coach. Now, let's get on to Joe Espada, then we'll get to the Chris Bryant rumors, and then I'll I'll touch on the lockout for a little bit, and then we got to get to some giant news, and then we'll be done. Joe Espada, to me, would be my second choice, just because he's worked with Dusty Baker, which I like, and also, if you really want me to get into it, to me, he's the second most qualified man for the job. He's been a major league coach for 11 years. Again, he's learned from Dusty Baker. He's even learned from A.J. Hinch. And I know A.J. Hinch, uh, his legacy will always be be tainted by that Astros Astros um, situation. I know that he'll always be tainted by that, but he's still a very good manager. And to me, that's my second choice. Number one, I think that Lindor would love to play for him. I think he would connect with the everybody in the clubhouse. But, again, the thing I don't like about him is I don't like first-time managers in New York. I just don't think they work out. I think Luis Rojas didn't work out as much as Andy Martino and some other beat writers would say that he didn't get a fair shot. To me, it just didn't work. He lost the locker room. They walked all over him. You don't have the respect because... I guess that's the one thing about Joe Espada that I think that he... That's why he's my number two. It's because I know he has respect because he's worked with Dusty Baker. And from what I, from my, the research I've done on him, he, Dusty Baker gave him a lot of responsibility. So I'd be okay with that. I wouldn't love it. Again, Buck Showalter's my first choice, ladies and gentlemen. But if you're telling me I had to pick between the Tampa Bay Rays bench coach and Joe Espada, I'm going Joe Espada all the way. And that's really it. I just don't want a first-time manager in New York. I think that the Mets got burned. Um, But this lockout has done us a very good favor. The Mets are not falling behind on other free agents. And we'll see what happens. I hope Buck gets the job. I know the interview process finished last night. And I I, I still think Buck Showalter is going to get the job, which is the right decision. I think the Mets know what they need to do here. They need to get a manager that has respect, that knows how to make in-game decisions. I think Buck Showalter, he's not a perfect candidate by any stretch of the word, word, world, word. But you know what I mean? I think Buck Showalter is the right man for the job. Now, on to Chris Bryan in the lockout. 
Actually, I want to go with the lockout first. This is a disgrace. Um, it's millionaires versus billionaires, as Will Algar would say. Um, I'm not a fan of it. I think everybody here knows my thoughts on it. The fact that they're not meeting till January, in my opinion, just puts more pressure on everybody. And hopefully we don't miss any games. Hopefully we don't miss anything. Would it shock me, though, if we miss some games this year? The way that, the, listen, the players and the owners don't like each other. They don't. Plain and simple. And they're so far off. They haven't even talked about money yet. And I know service time's a big issue. And I, I want to have a full episode on this with a, a, a co host, not a co host, a guest. Because, number one, I, I'm still not feeling 100%. And number two, just go back into the archives because we had this discussion almost two years ago. I mean, baseball had a chance to come back weeks before, and they refused because they, 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 were, they were fighting about money. And service time and money to me is the same thing. Now, there are a couple points at the players which I want to touch on. I want to touch on one point from each side. Then we'll get to Bryant, and then we'll get to the Giants. I think... I don't like when when teams tank, and I think the players do have a good cho- a good point on that. I don't know how you fix it because this is where I disagree with Coach Weber, who said this on my podcast before. Go back, go back into the archives. He said this in his interview. He wants a salary cap. I don't. These owners make a lot of money. I don't want to hear that Pittsburgh can't spend money because if you look at their owner. They can spend if they want to. The the Reds owner is like middle of the pack in his network. I think he's worth almost $2 billion. So if he wanted to hand out a big contract, he could. Now, if you're saying, well, you know, Steve Cohen's worth $16.4 billion. No one can compete with that. I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't. I've always been in the middle with the salary cap. And the more and more I think of it, why should my team be punished for always wanting to go for it? I don't want to hear about the play, the fair playing field. That argument to me, I used to accept it. But let's be honest. People like the Wolpons. People like the Pirates owner. People like, I hate to say it, the, the Reds owner. Uh, the list goes on and on. Tampa Bay, even with the salary cap, they wouldn't spend. It's been proven time and time. Time and time again. They're just not going to spend regardless. And it, it's a disgrace. But I don't think teams that do spend should be penalized with the salary cap. The luxury tax isn't even really a bad fine. And, and you know what? When I'm feeling a little more better, I want to get into more detail. But that's just my, my main thoughts. Now, service time. Excuse me, one second. Now, it's service time. I'm back. Uh, Hopefully, I did a good job editing. I'm not... I'm with the owners on this. To me, you, you need to have your seven years of service time. And I know the owners in the front office have done in the past man, manipulation with service time. But to me, they want to get the free agency earlier. Players are coming up in their 20s now. They're basically... A lot of players are skipping the minor leagues. So, to me... I think that if I was the if I was the players' association, I'm not I'm not 
I'm not stopping a deal over service time. I like the service time as it is right now. I think a lot of people that even support the players like like service time right now as it is. I think service time is fine the way it is. So that's just my brief thing on the lockout. I think it's a disgrace for having a lockout. I blame Rob Manford because Rob Manford has done nothing. His opening promise was to build a better relationship with the Players Association. He's destroyed it in his almost six or seven years of power. So to me, I don't like him. That's the end of it. Let's get in to the Bryant rumors, and then we'll get some giant news in, and then I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> um, Chris Bryant, he's not going to the Cubbies. He's not going to the Giants. And now the Mets have emerged as the favorite. To me, Chris Bryant is like the perfect thing. It's, he's awesome. He's great. I mean, you, the list goes on and on and on. About why I think Chris Bryant, he could play the outfield. He could also, he could also um, play third till Brett Beatty's ready to come up, which I'm a fan of. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of that. To me, the Chris Bryant, if it's a four-year deal, signing to me makes no sense. The max I go with him, and and I'll get into this more. After the lockout's over, because I don't want to speculate on free agency, because that's all I'm doing right now. There's no free agency. That's why the lockout happened at the perfect time, because the Mets could focus on their managerial search. They got very lucky with that. The max I go with Chris Bryant, getting back to my point, would have to be five years, but I want an opt out. And if he doesn't want it, that's fine. I'm happy with the Met lineup the way it is. I know Beatty, Mauricio, uh, there's a lot of Met prospects that are almost ready to come up, so I'm willing to to take that chance, and I, I, I'd be okay with resigning Jonathan VR if the price was right. I, I am. Uh, say what you will. I think VR had a very good season with the Mets, and we'll see. I'm not a fan of signing Michael Conforto. So people on the Instagram page, follow that. By the way, follow the Twitter at Mets News Six. Follow the Instagram underscore Mets underscore News. I know people on my Instagram are saying, what about bringing back Conforto? Not a fan. I want, it, it's done. It's over. I'm sorry. I know Conforto was a homegrown guy, but it's over. So yeah, the max I go on Chris Bryant, to finish my point, is five years. With an opt-out clause. And if you have to do both opt-out clauses, then go ahead. On to the disgraceful New York football giants. Uh, well, where do we start? The whole team is hurt. They have a COVID outbreak. They're playing the Cowboys. And oh my God, that should be bad. That should be bad. Oh, it's going to be bad. I I don't know what to say other than it, it, it's going to be bad. I mean... Where, where do you want me to go? The whole team's on COVID. They're injury-related. John Mara's offering people free sodas. <laughs> free me, get a free medium soda if you're a season ticket holder. Please, I don't want it to become AT&T Stadium this weekend. Please, come out. Please, please, please. Listen, Dave, Dave Gettleman is gone. <laughs> um, I don't know what Daniel Jones is. To me, I don't want to draft a quarterback in this draft because... I don't think it's that strong. 
And I can't wait to talk to Justin Panic about this in the offseason when he comes on. But, listen, I want to get into these comments and then I'm out of here. The fact that, that, that John Mara says that Joe Judge is going to be the next Bill Parcells <laughs> or <laughs> Bill Belichick is a, it's a disgrace. I mean, uh, what? John, John, what are you, what are you having? I, I don't like to rip the Giants, but I'm going to rip here. John, John, what are you uh, taking in your system? Because I want some. Because even with me being sick over the past four days, I didn't hallucinate. Obviously, John Mara must be sick. He must have he must have a cold or the flu because he must be hallucinating. There is no way. No way. And I hope I'm wrong. I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I can go back into this podcast in a year and say, you know, Ben was really wrong. You know, you know, I, I was wrong. I was an idiot. But there's no way that that that, that Joe Judge is going to be the next Bill Parcells. There, there's no way. There's no way he's going to be the next Bill Belichick. And can we stop with this narrative that he's from the Bill Belichick tree? He's not. He was the special teams coordinator. That's all he was. That's all Joe Judge was. Like, can we stop with this with this nonsense? Oh, that oh, he worked very closely with Bill Belichick. Come on. Come on now. Like, this is ridiculous. I have to hear that he worked very good. He worked very closely with Joe Judge. Everything is fine. Come on. Like, what are we doing here? Listen, he was a part of those Super Bowl teams. I don't know which ones. But just because you're a part of the team doesn't make you. He wasn't like the assistant to the head coach. He wasn't an offensive coordinator. He wasn't a defensive coordinator. He was he was a special teams coach. That's what he was, all right? His record in the National Football League is 19 and 10, and it's about to be 20 and 10. He can't call a game to save his life. His press conferences are a joke. And the fact that we might not get a good GM because of Joe Judge, uh, it's a disgrace. To me, what Joe Judge has to do over these next four games is either win three or four or win four or four. Because that to me shows he, I don't want to hear that he still has the locker room. Everybody in that locker room stinks. Let's be honest. They all stink. Except a few of them. Except a few of them. 98% of that team stinks. And the fact that Mike Glennon is starting over Jake Farm, Farm is a disgrace. Like, come on. Let's start the rookie. Give the fan base something to be, you know, excited about. That that That's my thing. You know, there's nothing to be exciting about with the Giant organization. At least in 17, you had the, you know, you, you knew you were going to get a general manager and I, and I do blame John Mayer for this. You knew you were going to get a new head coach and general manager. You're going to get a head coach and a general manager this time. They're on two different timelines. Is keeping Joe Judge the extra year really that important to you? Because you don't want to look embarrassed because you had to fire another head coach after two years. John, I have news for you. You are the laughing stock of the league. The Jets 
have a better record than you over the past four years. I guess it's five years now. John, you are the embarrassment in the league. Get a general manager that can fix this. They have no line. They have no defense. They, they have no quarterback right now. So I, I told you what Joe Judge has to do, and I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. Like I said, I want Joe Judge to be the next Bill Belichick. I want Joe Judge to be the next Bill Parcells. Go win 4-4. Four four. Go win 3-4. or four. You're not going to do it, especially with this COVID outbreak on the team. You're not going to do it. But go prove me wrong. Go rally the troops. But if I was John Mara, I would fire Joe Judge, not because he really deserves it. He, you know, I, I don't know if, if Joe Judge deserves to get fired. In closing. But what I will say, and I do agree with this. Excuse me. This is the problem with bringing in a general manager and a new head coach on, a, on separate timelines. That, that's it. And this is on John Mara. And I hope he learns. I really do. But right now, the Giants are... It's sad to say, the Giants are the laughing stock of the NFL. And I'm sorry to say it. I don't like to say it. But that's what they are. All right, this has been an edition of the Mets News Podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. I'm going to go take a nap. I'm not going to go take a nap. I'm going to go take a shower. Get, get Maybe get my nose cleared up a little bit. Subscribe, stay safe, have a good holiday season. And talk to you soon. Probably when the Mets hire. Hopefully Buck Showalter. Thanks. Stay safe. Have a good one.